Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. Thank you for joining me today to talk about our words, the words we use. Uh, it's a continuation of the discussion we had last week about learning to use and remembering to use our best words with one another. We sometimes forget that words hurt and that will crystallize, although formed in seconds. They can endure forever, crushing the spirit and devaluing others. Remember, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's grow together today using loving words, and we're going to begin first with meditating. And I would like for you to take that passage from John, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I'd like you to substitute for today, please, the word love. And as you're meditating to Aniles, be still thy soul, I want you to say over and over again, in the beginning was love. Excuse me. In the beginning was the word. The word was love. The word was with love and the word was love. I don't know why every time I go through exactly the same process because I want to eliminate the word. But in the beginning was the word. The word was with love, and the word was love. We're going to meditate for three minutes and 40 seconds. For some people, that's a very long period of time to be dedicated solely to uniting themselves with God, with all that is, with love. But today, we're going to spend three minutes and 40 seconds at the beginning, and then as we move through this program, we will spend more and more time meditating together because we have reached a time when we need to join our thoughts in love. And when two or more come together and they think of love, then we will have a profound effect on the world. As you pull in your first breath, I would like you to imagine yourself breathing through the soles of your feet and pull your breath up through the soles of your feet, up the front of your calves, your thighs, Cross over to your buttocks to hit the tailbone, which is the divining rod, the chakras. The base chakra, what we sit on all day long, and it's kind of scary, maybe part of our problems is we spend too much time sitting, is we sit on our fears. And so I'd like you to start, instead of pulling your breath upward, at this point I want you to do a giant push down and push the fear back into the earth from which it came. And now taking that fearless breath, let's begin moving up through the divining rod. You're going to go across your your sacral chakra, the zone of creativity, and you're going to pull creative energy. So now that fearless creative breath is going to come up to the solar plexus, the zone of healing, and you're going to pull healing, healing energy for yourself and others up. You'll come to your heart heart chakra, the zone of love, and that's our topic today on part, you're going to throw back your shoulders so that a pillar of love can come out from your heart. You'll move up. You'll come to the throat chakra with that breath. So now you have a fearless, creative, healing, loving breath. In the throat chakra, I want you to forgive others for the words they've used with you and to forgive yourself for the words you've used with others. Pulling your breath up now, one more time, we'll come to the third eye, the zone of manifestation. So at this point, you have pulled up fearless, creative, healing, loving, 
forgiving and manifesting breath, and I want you to envision the world full of love. And then we're going to open the top of your head, your crown chakra, and allow the breath of God to merge with yours. And then you're going to blow out your uniquely created divinely inspired breath, remembering that you are enough. So as you pull your breath in, you're going to be chanting a mantra. In the beginning was the word. The word was love. And the word was with love. Excuse me. In the beginning was the word. The word was with love and the word was love. I apologize for my um, issues here. I woke up this morning with extraordinarily low blood sugars and I'm waiting. I'm trying to bring them back up. So I'm doing this a little bit impaired and I appreciate your courtesies this morning. Rather than putting the show off, I decided to go forward, but I'm hearing it in my shaky voice and in my difficulty with that passage. So one more time, in the beginning was the word. The word was with love, and the word was love. And we're going to do that to Anil's Be Still Thy Soul. Let's start. beginning was the word the word was with love and the word was love in the beginning was the word the word was with love and the word was love now silently in your head.
All that you need is within you. Make me one source of light. You are a source of light. The light is within you. And it's now learning to allow that light to come out and not be afraid of judgment of others, that you are weak or soft, but instead using loving words that we're going to be talking about today. If you would like to join into the conversation, please call 646-595-3584. And I'd like to talk to you about that passage and why it is that I started with, in the beginning was the word, the word was with love, and the word was love. If one looks at the teachings, um, the concept of Kabbalah, I'm not sure that actually this is the way it was originally taught, but the way the Kabbalah was taught was being taught to me. The whole beginning of time was taught to me, is a better way to say it, by a Kabbalah instructor. If you can envision God as intact, all that is, everything, not only what we see and what we know, but all that is for all eternity and all that is. So far more than what we have here on this planet, but we have Mars and we have every other planet, every other galaxy and every other um, universe that you can imagine. And God is all that is. And as God is there, this thing as all that is. Now we're going to attribute some human emotions. And as we attribute those human emotions, I'd like you to take your dominant hand and reach out and take the hand of God as you understand God to be. I'm not here in this program to tell you how God is to you and that your vision of God is right or wrong. There is room for all of God because God is all that is. So for right now, we're personalizing God. That's so important. God has been layered away from us, so far away that for some people, the closest they get is putting pennies in a little bucket and lighting a candle. And yet the truth of the matter is they could have saved the pennies to feed their tummies and simply reached out their dominant hand and take in the hand of God, because God is there waiting to hold your hand. So now we have God as all that is, and we have this circle that we've created now, because I would like you to take your other hand and take the hand of a listener's God, so that together we are a circle, human God, human God, human God, and it's a long and large circle. It's a circle that's split, spanning the entire planet, going through all time zones. Thanks to archival recovery, it's huge. It's gigantic. It's a gigantic circle. It's those who are here, those who will be here forever. And now we have all of the various visions of God, the perceptions. And each one of us is sitting here with a light inside of us to shine at a time when we need to join together and shine. Now, 
going on with the Kabbalah story as we sit here in our circle. I was taught that when God was intact, connected, together, not in this separate connectedness of having bits and pieces of him or herself all around the planet and the universe, not, let's say, before all times, before we existed, before Earth existed, in the beginning. Everything was perfect. God was love. Everything was perfect. And God decided to have experiences. And so if you can imagine God intact as a vase, what happened was the vase broke. God deliberately broke himself into thousands and millions and millions and trillions and quadrillions of pieces so that he could experience the beauty of the light, the beauty of what God was, the beauty of love. And each one of those pieces was genetically implanted with a desire to reunite, but without the memory that they were part of God. So that life became a journey of the vases pieces trying to come back together, to glue together this intact being. And yet God, in real word, world terms, is not separate. And yet God is. The Jews call that maya, the delusion that we are separate from God. And that delusion of our being separate has fed a fear, which is a prime condition in the human condition of fear. And it has fed that fear that we are not enough so that we have people judging and comparing each other and some are worthy. I always wonder, how do you decide who is worthy and who is not? I just have a hard time with that analysis. But that's where we have evolved to. We are now at a place where we're beginning to be aware that there is something connected to us. And we're beginning to stop going to churches for that connection. Except one of the most diligent, beautiful faiths there is, the Islamic faith, they turn to God multiple times a day. But what is interesting to me is they turn to God in their temples and they turn to God in their mosques, excuse me, and they turn to God on the street and they turn to God in their house. Because we don't need layers between us and God. We are sources of light because God resides within us. That creates a challenge for us because it means that we need to manifest our highest self. We hear people talking in those terms all the time. Are you being your highest self? Most people don't even have a concept of what their highest self is because they don't take time to be silent and love themselves. So instead, what we have propagated in our world is a God of fear, a God that's vengeful, 
a God that's going to get even, a God that's running a list of what you've done wrong. And it is not what you are doing right that matters, but it's some sort of human tally of your right and wrongs. And that's how people justify saying unkind words to others is they aren't willing to allow the past to remain in the past. They aren't willing to allow things that are done to remain done. Instead, they allow those things to eat at them, to, to they nurture the past. They nurture the pain. They nurture the suffering. Instead of letting it go and digging deep inside of themselves and being silent, taking five times a day to spend some time with God is beautiful. Yet I know that there are people listening here that that three minutes and 40 seconds was too much. They couldn't allow their mind to stop and just be quiet and think only about in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with love. And the Word was love. Focusing totally on those words as they're sitting there breathing in and releasing their fears and just being one with God. Now, we all have favorite books, I know, and a friend of mine some time ago gave me a book called The Shack. And I think that part of our using our words the way we do, part of our talking about the past in negative terms, or remembering the negative components of the past, even though we've now cushioned them into the billowy clouds of nice words. Like, I know that they didn't mean that, or I'm okay right now with that. Part of the reason we do that is because of this tally sheet concept that we have put between ourselves and God. And so, if there's even the slightest possibility that the words that someone else used that caused you such hurt and pain might be true, then you need to justify them, explain why you did what you did, explain who you were, make it better. And I dare to suggest to you, my friends, that it's done. It's done. God does not do a tally sheet. You don't have to go into some sort of cubicle and tell God the mistakes that you've made and revisit those mistakes in your mind. My friends, God is all that is. God knows. You don't have to have some man or woman tell you that you're okay. You just need to reach out that hand that is currently holding the hand of God and know that you're okay. 
And I know that I every week I'm I'm singing these crazy Bible school songs like, you know, this little light of mine and you know, Jesus loves me. But here's one, my friends. Put your hand in the hand of the man that stilled the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man that calmed the sea. Take a look at yourself so you can look at others differently. By putting your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. And I'm not saying that the man from Galilee is any different than the man who was born in um, the Middle East or who was born in China. Because they're all sons of God. They're daughters of God. So when we're talking about putting our hand in the hand of a messenger who was brave enough to come and walk this planet, we're talking about putting our hand in God's hand. We're talking about believing that we are enough alone. Me, Vera, I am enough. And it's amazing if you can start pulling the energy of believing I am enough into you and you can start letting go of the past judgments of yourself and you can start loving yourself. Just loving yourself. Allowing that love for yourself to come around you. If you can realize that you also are part of God. You're part of the vase. And life is a journey to remember that we are all parts of the vase. If you can believe that, not just say it, but believe it. There's an amazing peace that will descend on you when you spend just a few minutes remembering. And when you have that peace inside of yourself as you practice it, and everything takes practice, my friends, as you practice it, as you work on being in the now, as you work on accepting things as they are, you begin to let loose of the desire or the need to say words that clip away at someone else, that say words that makes someone less than. Because my friends, those words always, always, always find their beginning in the past because they cannot exist unless you are talking about something that is completed. Look around you and imagine yourself saying to the other people in the circle, I love you. That is a present sense now experience. But the minute you say, I love you now, you have taken the present and you have marred it with the past. And the challenge for us as humans, as loving human beings with a divine spirit, is to stay in the moment even when we don't like it. 
everything that is happening in the moment is not necessarily a lesson for you. There are other people that are learning too. And the book that I referenced a moment ago, and we're going to meditate again in a few minutes, but the book is called The Shack, Where Tragedy Confronts Serenity. It's a miraculous story written uh, by William Paul Young for someone else. And the person it was written for was Mac. And Mac had a tragedy in his life. Mac's daughter was kidnapped. And you can imagine where the mind goes about what happened to her as a little girl. And she was killed. And that moment trapped Mac. Now, with that background, Mac goes to a cabin and ends up coming upon God there. And Jesus. And Mac would walk around with Jesus. But because I don't want people to think that I'm espousing one faith over another, I'm going to have Mac walking around with Mohammed this morning. And if that makes those of you who are Christians nervous, then go read the Koran. Don't judge the message of Muhammad. Don't judge the lives of people who follow Muhammad based on crazy fear-driven behavior grounded in a tally system. of who is more special to God. We are beginning a change of time, my friends, a time when we all come to recognize that each one of us is a part of God and is valuable to God. And that is not a scary concept. And that God is waiting there to hold our hands And if we choose to come together in groups to talk about love, to talk about God, that enhances and magnifies the power of love in our world. But when all is said and done, you can do it alone, sitting in the bathroom on the throne. You are a part of God. Jesus told us that we are a body and the body is one. Now, my friends, I hear some people telling me that they interpret that to mean that we have to be Christian. But Jesus was a Jew. And Jesus didn't really want people to worship and follow him. They want, he wanted them to worship and follow a message. And science shows us that everything on our planet is made up of the same elements. We are the same elements as the trees, differently conformed, of course, but the same elements. Everything is. So let us be magnanimous in our thinking, in our words. Let us remember that when we are using our words, 
we are using God in our lives. And let us use words that uplift, empower, and now the shack. And let us use words that are in the now. Mac was being invited to walk on the water, and he was afraid to do that. And Mohammed said, tell me what you are afraid of, Mac. Well, let me see. What I'm afraid of, began Mac. Well, I'm afraid of looking like an idiot. I'm afraid that you are making fun of me and that I will sink like a rock. I imagine that. Exactly, Mohammed interrupted. You imagine manifestation, my friends. Your imagination is your manifestation. If you allow your life to be driven by fear, if you imagine fear at every turn, if you imagine the negative at every turn, that is what your life will be. Such a powerful ability, Mohammed went on. The imagination, that power alone makes you so like us. But without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. If I may prove my case, do you think humans were designed to live in the present or the past or the future? Well, said Mac, hesitating, I think the most obvious answer is that we were designed to live in the present. Is that wrong? Uh, The tally sheet. Mohammed chuckled, relax, Mac. This is not a test. It's a conversation. You are exactly correct, by the way. But now tell me, where do you spend most of your time in your mind, in your imagination, in the present, in the past, or in the future? Mac thought for a moment before answering. I suppose I would have to say that I spend very little time in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past, but most of the rest of the time I'm trying to figure out the future. Not unlike most people. When I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present, said Mohammed. Not the past, although much can be remembered and learned by looking back, but excuse me, turning the page, only for a visit, not an extended stay. And for sure, I do not dwell in the future you visualize or imagine. Mac, do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost always dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you? Again, Mac stopped and thought. It was true. He spent a lot of time fretting and worrying about the future, and in his imaginations it was usually pretty gloomy and depressing, if not outright horrible. And Mohammed was also correct in saying that in Mac's imagination of the future, God was always absent. Why do I do that, asked Mac. 
It's your desperate attempt to get some control over something you can't. It is impossible for you to take power over the future because it isn't even real, nor will it ever be real. You try and play God, imagining the evil that you fear becoming reality. And then you try and make plans and contingencies to avoid what you fear. Yeah, that's basically what uh, God was saying, responded Max. So why do I have so much fear in my life? Because you don't believe. You don't know that we love you. The person who lives by their fears will not find freedom in God's love. I am not talking about rational fears regarding legitimate dangers, but imagined fears, and especially the projection of those into the future. To the degree that those fears have a place in your life, you neither believe I am good nor know deep in your heart that I love you. You sing about it, you talk about it, but you don't know it. but you don't know it. My friends, there's people like me all around this planet right now who are reminding all of us that we are valuable to God just as we are right now in the present. So something happened to you in the past that was really shaping of your personality, was really shaping of your character, It made you who you are right now in this moment. It helped you to learn what lessons in the light you needed to learn so that you could step onto this journey with me and others of remembering that God is right beside you all the time. So you're at a rough meeting, a tough meeting. People aren't going to judge you if you steal your lips. Before they speak words that could be harming to others and collect your conscience, your conscious, by breathing in three times. Get that simple act of breathing invites God into the moment. Me, I also reach out my right hand. I have never been disrespected because I took a moment to breathe. And yet I can tell you in all of those times that I took a moment to breathe because I felt my words getting off course. In all of those times, when I brought my words back onto course, when I remembered that my words were love, when I remembered that my words were with love, when I remembered that we are all here equal, 
amazing results came from the meetings. Amazing results. So why are you here right now listening to a moderately old woman talk about love? Talk about God and talk about the words we use? Because we are coming to a time of great change in our society. A time of great, great decision making. And just as Mohammed in the book, The Shack, was talking about the power of the imagination. That power of imagination is a power of creation. All you imagine is fearful, fear-driven, apocalyptic, with some being saved and some being rejected. Then you are envisioning a world that will never happen We may kill each and every single person with the last two standing people shouting epitaphs at each other and dooming the other to hell. And yet when they both die and they both might, they will take hands and walk together home to God. The vase will be reformed. And that is a very hard concept for people to believe because if they can believe that we are all worthy, that we are all loved, that we are all equal, then how do they justify the hoarding of money and food and power that is going on around us? How do they explain that to others? How do they explain that to themselves? Many of the people in our own country profess to be Christians. And yet when Jesus was asked what the two most important commandments were, he told them very clearly, very definitely, love God with your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love others as you love yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And people justify not treating their fellow man with love, not sharing with their fellow man by some sort of Protestant work ethic belief that is outdated and outmoded and was outdated and outmoded when it started because it was grounded in the tally list of worthiness. But at least then... If somebody was rejected as being worthy, that person still could go out and till a piece of ground. They could create food for their family in this country. That's no longer the case. Self-sustainability is something that is frowned upon in our country. Why? Because it creates a power base and creates a weaker populace, people who cannot sustain themselves. And why is that possible? Because people are forgetting that we are all connected. My friends, we don't have to have the same amount of money, but we certainly do have to sustain the body. 
look at your body. So there's some parts of it you need and you need others in order to survive. So what we're going to do is I would like you all to take out knives and chop off your right toe. Any one of them, I don't care. Well, no, don't cut off my toes. I just had them manicured. Oh, they are important to you. That's because the whole body is important. There's no part of it that we need to sacrifice. Why? In the name of love, would we sacrifice people? Why? Would we do it with our words and justify our words after they're spoken? Why would we hurt? And at the risk of being very political, and this is political, I mean, if you truly believe that the president was born in this country, then why would you make a birther joke? To me, that's a classic example of how words that crystallize in seconds, that come across our, our mouths, designed to get some sort of advantage for ourselves, even if just to show how great we are, and that's what the advantage is always that we're looking for, that I'm enough, I'm more than enough, I'm the one you should like. Why do we have to do so with words that hurt? And that goes for the other side, too. Why do we have to attack? My gosh, the guy who made the birther joke contributes $4 million a year to his church. How much do you contribute to a charity? I don't care if it's your church. How much do we share? How much time do we spend justifying why we don't? As opposed to just doing. How much time do we let our fear-driven concerns about there not being enough stop us from respecting the humanity of the people around us and the connection of each one of them to us as brothers and sisters all are we. Brothers and sisters, let me walk with my Father in perfect harmony. Let peace begin with me. Let this be the moment now with Every step I take, make this be my solemn vow. To live each moment and love each moment in perfect—excuse my singing—perfect harmony. Let there be peace on earth, and let it. Begin with me. Now, aside from the poor singing, the message is so clear. Let there be peace on earth. Not in the United States. Not like, oh, let's just take care of our people and let everybody else drop off the earth. Folks, if the earth blew up today, right now, 
everyone would go home to God. And there are those of us who are trying to remind people of that because we are at a time of choice and we need to unite our thoughts in love. We need to think loving thoughts. And today we're going to listen to Kobiaka's Pathless Journey. It's going to take us all the way out through the end of the program. And we're going to meditate. And at first I'm going to start with the guided meditation. Well, maybe maybe, maybe I'll start first with just having you spend two minutes of silence. Two minutes of silence with your own thoughts. Breathing in, I am enough. And breathing out, there is enough. For two minutes, pathless journey, Kolbiaka. In your breath, I am enough. Breathing out, there is Sitting here together. Human God, human God. Each one of us with our own God. Some of us with pretty ferocious gods. Let's imagine loving energy flowing around this circle. You can go to the right, 
go to the left. It's going to cross like a wave at a game. And we all begin to feel the energy of love circling us. We all are going to feel the energy of love, the energy of hope. I have a young listener, uh, Mr. Bull, who uh, does uh, the wave with humor, and he makes me smile. It's a great show that follows my, I encourage you to listen to the Scott Bull show. And as we smile, let's smile from the love that's going around the circle. And let us set aside our fears. Because we are not going to do what we're about to do alone. We're going to do it accompanied. Accompanied by God. And I'd like each of you to focus, if you can, please on that positive feeling that is flowing through this circle as you're smiling. I would try a joke to get you to smile, but we're going to have to leave that for the show after because you wouldn't smile. For whatever reason, I fall on my face. Maybe that will make you smile. Feel the positive energy, the feeling of the spirit. And know that all parts of life the humor, the joy, the questioning, all parts of life are part of a giant stage play going on in front of us. And how we react to the part, whether we react in love, caring, kindness, or anger and fear-driven behavior shape the moment and send energy out to a planet that is already heavy with negative energy. But when two or more of us come together, And think in terms of love, in terms of kindness. And we start envisioning a world that is possible. A world where we remember our connection. A world where we use loving words. A world where we say, Peace be with you out loud and mean it. A world where our lives are dominated with laughter, not fear. We are creating an energy that can have profound profound effects but in order to get to that place each and every one of us have to love ourselves 
have to know that you're enough. You have to believe in yourself. And so I would like you right now, sitting in this protected circle of love, to envision a beautiful place for you where you would like to have a party. It can be indoors, it can be outdoors. Me, mine would be under a palm tree with the ocean calm around me. And now begin to invite to you those people that you have offended with your words and you know who they are, my friends. Invite those people. Because of my profession, I have probably a long line in front of me. And just as they each approach you, if you don't feel comfortable saying, I'm sorry, that's pretty over you, say, I regret the words I said to you. Let's begin sending the energy of regretting words that we use that hurt others so that we can untangle this crazy negative word fest that we have going on. And one by one, as the people approach you, hug them, say, I'm sorry, say, I regret, say, I wished I hadn't used words of such a negative nature with you. And invite the person to join our circle. And you will begin as you do this to feel the power of the circle increasing exponentially as you show love and invite others to show love too. And I'm going to give you three minutes to do that. Hello. Hello. I have people calling in, but I don't know how to use it. 
Enter your access code followed by the pound. Now, let us all remember this energy today and call it back to you when you feel yourself being distressed. And I think I may have a caller. I'm just learning to use this new switchboard. Is there someone on the line? Hello? No, I think that I I didn't see them in time. I'm I'm sorry that I may have interrupted your meditation with hello, hellos, but um, this has not been a perfect show today. But then life is not perfect. And my friends, when we cling to the imperfections, we miss the wonder of the fact that we are all beautiful. I missed my callers today. I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. And uh, next Sunday, I hope you'll call back in. Peace be with you all. Thank you and have a good day. Namaste.